Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, hello there. This emergency episode of Purple Daily here on a Saturday. Uh, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgay. We're letting Dex sleep. In fact, we, we didn't even tell Dex we were doing this because <laughs> we know that he works his ass off all week. He's running production for multiple shows. He's running social media for all of Score North, and uh, and and he's not the earliest riser on the weekends. And so we figure let's let's beat the sun here. And Why don't you cut to the chase and tell the listeners the God's honest truth, which is we got a text from from Dex last night saying new wine bar opened near me, <laughs> soft launch tonight, real opening tomorrow. I'm here now. Yeah, that's exactly what it was actually. Yes. <laughs> so Declan's head right now is throbbing and he's probably still trying to sleep. Yep. So, but we are here on this emergency episode of purple daily because the Vikings signed another free agent and it's another defensive player. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> And it's a familiar face, Mackenzie Alexander, for even more cornerback depth, which we'll get into here in just a second. But a quick shout out to our partners at PXG Minneapolis. So, uh, you know, I, I'm terrible at golf, and Judd doesn't really golf at all. Yeah, I love golf. And in fact, I was yesterday, I was in my backyard just like doing the club across the chest. You know, get the, like the rotation drill for like 20 minutes just so I can maybe break 90 at some point. But PXG Minneapolis, a golfer's paradise. They've got the new Gen 4 golf clubs, drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons. These are flag, These are PXG's flagship clubs and their best clubs they've ever made, which is saying something because PXG makes amazing clubs. So whether it's great clubs, whether it's apparel, if you just want to look the part, um, PXG Minneapolis, Southdale Center. Find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Okay, so... Your thoughts on Mackenzie Alexander back in purple for what it sounds like is the veterans minimum. So it's not going to put a huge dent in their available salary cap space, but they've, right. they've yet to sign an offensive player. And right. we're, two, we're two weeks into free agency. So, well, that's my thing about this is, is okay. Like I understand that there's cap room left, but it's not the cap room to me. It's the available talent out there on the market, right? Like we're, we're not talking about, Wow, they don't have cap room to say they actually could sign an offensive player if they wanted. I guess my question becomes if you look at the list, if you examine who's left, are we talking about, oh man, I can't believe he's left? Or are we talking about a list that, you know, is starting to get to the, the third day of a garage sale when basically it's like, ah, just go ahead and take that one? Um, you know, Phil, I guess, I guess in a vacuum, the 
Alexander signing is fine and he's going to compete for the slot position because he did play there for uh, two years on essentially a full-time basis before he left for his one-year stint with the Bengals. Um, This could indicate that there are real concerns, which my guess is there are when it comes to Mike Hughes and his future, because the last two years, including an extensive amount of the 2020 season, Hughes didn't play because of neck problems, which I'll go back to, is a huge deal. It's not like, oh, it's just a neck problem. It's not like a knee which can be repaired. If a neck, if there's something truly wrong with your neck in football, you have to retire. So um, to address the signing in that sense, I guess this provides, because my my guess still is uh, Dantzler or Gladney is going to start outside. Alexander now would probably move inside. Patrick Peterson, I think, would be outside. And they keep saying that there is no plan to move him to safety, um, which would make things fall in line a little bit more if there was. Okay, so that all being said, though, this to me is not about one signing. It, it, It goes back to they have, I think since free agency started, they've retained something like three or four offensive players, and they have not signed an outside one yet. It just seems very curious to me about when you're going to address that, how you're going to address that. And I get that you could still walk away in decent shape at left tackle, Phil. What are you going to do with guard, though? Like, like this has been a, a let's plug a guy in and hope. And I saw a tweet. I got a tweet last night saying, well, Ezra Cleveland might move to left tackle. Okay, then what are you going to do at right guard? So, my my biggest concern, and I don't understand why it's not being addressed, is the guard position and the plan there. Because I don't see a lot of good options. And making a trade with the Cardinals for a guy who might be a backup and might compete, I'm sorry, is not my answer. If you truly want to be a, a, a Super Bowl-type team and put Kirk Cousins in the greatest position possible to succeed. Yeah, I mean, floor is yours. Everything, no, everything you just said about the left guard and the whole left side of the offensive line. We're we're still we're still waiting. You know, it's I'm being patient, just hanging out here. Two weeks into free agency, and you've lo- you had a, a bottom five offensive line last year, and you lost your starting left tackle. Who people can kind of dog Riley Reef on the way out the door. He was a reliable, above average left tackle, one of the most pos- important positions on the football field. And so, as of right now. Until further notice, the offensive line, which was already terrible last year in pass protection anyways, and it was below average in run blocking. Dalvin Cook makes it look better because he's amazing. It's worse than it was last year. On the flip side, I got to be honest, the more the Vikings continue to add defensive players, I'm starting to have mad respect for Mike Zimmer because he (laughs) is just like he's literally saying, screw everyone, double, double birds to the sky. Yes. This is how I view winning football. Yeah. We're going to load up the defense. I want to be listen, if this is going to be my last year, if I'm if if I'm going to be judged on how well we do this year and my job's on the line, the thing that I feel most comfortable with is defense. And I'm not going to I'm not going to also if like if I lose a cornerback for an extended period of time, I'm not going to have to look to the bench and see Holton Hill and Chris Jones. Like I want reliable dudes. And Mackenzie Alexander Maybe he didn't pan out quite the way that he was hyped as a second round pick, you know, five years ago. Mm-hmm. But he has been he's been a damn reliable slot cornerback in the NFL. And last year, among forty nine slot cornerbacks, he was eleventh in in uh 
let me see here. Snaps, coverage snaps per target is the way that PFF is classifying this. So he was he was stingy as a defender in the slot for the Bengals, and he was pretty similar. If, if you just want straight up PFF grades, uh, his his overall grades have actually been better than Patrick Peterson's in key areas the last couple of years. I'm not I'm not going to compare and contrast two very different players who play really different positions defensively, slot corner, outside corner, but sure. I think as as much as we looked at the secondary last year, specifically the cornerbacks, and we're, all right, cross your fingers on Cam Dantzler. He performed very well in the second half, and Jeff Gladney, and then you're literally just holding your breath on the other ones. This is probably the best I have felt about the Vikings cornerback situation in a long time. I mean, 2017, it was on point with that defense, but as of right now, you've got Cam Dantzler, who, again, like, PFF had him in the second half of the season as one of, like, the 10 or 15 best cornerbacks in the NFL. And you could say, yeah, well, maybe he was feasting on you know some of the weaker receivers and got burned by it. But, but like, you can parse it however you want. He showed major improvement down the stretch. Patrick Peterson maybe on a bounce back. And then you've got either Jeff Gladney or Mackenzie Alexander in the slot. And maybe there's some defenses where you'd put all four of them out there. Um, so I, I feel as, as much as they were – walking a high wire at this time last year with that position. Yep. This is about as solidified as it's been on paper since Mike Zimmer got here. So respect. <laughs> and I, I think they are concerned potentially rightfully. So the dancer was hurt so much last year. And so you're probably right. They're probably guarding against that as well. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I don't know if respect is the right word for me. But it's def, you know, it's definitely him saying, if this is going to be my last swing, we are going to take it defensively. I guess that just begs the question of, and by the way, the defense needed to improve. Okay, so I'm not saying, oh wow, the defense should, but you had guys out, um, and you're right, he is completely addressing the defense. But does that mean that you like don't really look at football 2021 in its totality and say? You know what else is important? I'm going to tell you. Offense. And and they've got – it's almost like, too, that that their security in the thought process with the Vikings is, well, we've got all of these skill position guys, our, our offense in 2020, with an offensive line that was not great, still was, what, fourth in total yards and I think 11th in points scored, which you'd like to see come up a little bit. All that being said, like is the philo- it feels like the philosophy is it'll work out. It'll be fine. That's not the area that needs to improve. And, and I mean, my God, how many times have we talked about the line and the need to improve? And to your point, too, run blocking wise, they, they don't even grade out as well as you would think, because I think Dalvin is the is the um, cologne for the stink a little bit that you could put on that line. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about guard that Phil that confuses me and I think is so important is they've got Garrett Bradbury a first round pick in what 2019 at center and Garrett Bradbury to me is teetering on the high wire of being a bust like he's not a that's why why Mason that's why your guy Mason exactly exactly Mason Cole's here this one's for the Cardinals (laughs) um yeah you know I'll take you to the bank, Zim, the defense bank. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so Garrett Bradbury's teetering on this high wire of being a bust. And like, I would be busting my ass to surround him. If I was the GM, at least who drafted 
Bradbury. And by the way, those are the type of moves that if they don't work out, you, you know, pe- people look at you weird. Um, I'd be busting my butt to surround him with at least one, if not two guys at guard who I trust and I think can lift his play up. Because there's no question, if you went out and got a top-type, really good left guard, Garrett Bradbury is going to be a primary beneficiary of that acquisition. Yeah. So this is this all comes back to like my sort of bewilderment about uh, year after year. It just seems like they look at the guard, they're like, we'll take care of that. And then during the course of the season, they get these lessons about, oh, I guess that wasn't good enough. And they just come back with, and it's like they've got amnesia. Yeah. Oh, we we don't remember a thing about the 2020 se- se- season. Um, offensively, defensively, we do. Uh, so that's where I'm just I'm bewildered. I, I think that's my word. I'm bewildered. Yeah, and I would. I, so I'm. I think you're bewildered because you're looking at what modern what what wins in what wins big. There's a and I we I feel like we have to draw this line all the time. There's there's a bunch of strategies that'll get you into the playoffs. And what the Vikings are doing right now, well, I, th- I think they're a playoff team right now. I mean, I'd have to go up and down and just sort of see what, you know, what every NFC team added, subtracted. I'd like to see the draft. I think there's still some quarterback moves. We had a big trade yesterday, so there's still moves happening. But it kind of feels like, all right, the, the defense is no longer going to be a train wreck. Um, they, they can still add offensive. It feels like they're a playoff team. But there's a line between playoff team and what wins Super Bowls. And very much in today's NFL – Driving the ball down the field in the passing game in chunks, in big moments, in against good teams is the thing that wins. And you can say, well, yeah, but, I mean, Tampa Bay had a good defense and they ran the ball. Well, but yes, yes, those things are true. Tampa Bay and Kansas City and Green Bay and Buffalo, all the teams you saw in the conference championship games, they made up four of the top five spots in, and I'll use Football Outsiders DVOA, which essentially takes your entire passing game your pass blocking, your quarterback, your receivers, and everything. Uh, and then the context of the game, opponent, if you're racking up garbage time, you don't get as good of scores in DVOA as if it's you know, crunch time in the fourth quarter against a good team on the road. Yep. And you know, like every year you could this experiment the last few years. 2019, the best passing offenses, according to Football Outsiders, Mm-hmm. Baltimore, Kansas City, Seattle, New Orleans. And then San Francisco was just outside the top five. They made it to the Super Bowl as well. Last year, same thing. And by the way, the Vikings uh, the Vikings were like 11th in 2019, which is good. Like, that's good. Top half of the league as a, as a passing DVOA offense. Yeah, playoffs, uh, yeah. and, and last year, pass game DVOA. Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee, by the way. It's kind of, kind of an interesting... Uh, mm-hmm. Top five member there, and then Tampa, and then Tampa Bay. So four of the top five teams that, that made it to the end, uh, according to, to passing DVOA. That that's where you that's where you get to if you can pass the ball in chunks. The Vikings were again tenth on this list or eleventh. So you can sit here and say, well, the Vikings have like a fringe top ten passing game and a really good running game too, yeah. and that'll get you to the playoffs. But I thought they were close to going from a pretty good offense to being like an elite offense with a couple of the right moves. Um, But obviously they looked and said, okay, the offense is kind of a, it's, it's a top 10 ish offense and we need to get our defense back up there too. And I just, I just worry that you're, they're going to wind up going into training camp with like a guy who's never played left tackle in the NFL before. And then just like another musical chairs left guard and we're going to be watching Kirk Cousins in the fetal position five or ten times a game like usual. So, But but like if you're just evaluating this in a vacuum, Mackenzie Alexander is a really good player. 
He doesn't put a dent really in the available money because he's making the veterans minimum. And uh, it makes Mike Zimmer's favorite position group as solidified as it's yep. been since he's probably been here. Yep. So. And and this is what we, I, I think, w- what we all expected to happen to a certain degree last year when what Rhodes was released and Waynes signed with uh, Cincinnati as a free agent and McKenzie did the same thing. And they did try and keep McKenzie for sure. And he elected to leave. So, yeah, I... I thought that, that they would try and, and sign guys last year. They did. They failed and then decided to go into uh, the year with basically young cornerbacks. So, again, in a vacuum, this is fine. I like this. I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm curious about what they're I'm – cu- I'm curious about what the plan is. Do I am you think, curi- just based on everything sort of that you've heard and just you're watching free agency play out um, – I mean, they still have some money to spend. I mean, I yeah. I don't I don't think I, I'm I should I should back a step back up a step. I hope Mason Cole isn't the solution at left guard. I I think if that's a sixth round pick for for good interior depth, just a guy who's had who has some experience and maybe Brett Jones roll. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. If it's the solution at left guard, I'm not here for it. Do you think that there's still a trade or a signing like we've talked about Forrest Lamp? Do, do you think there's some there's some signings in a holding pattern still? Just based on, all right, we're we're what else, are we going to pull a trade? Let hey, Forrest Lamp, hang on tight while we go and maybe operate over here. Um, I think Forrest Lamp could happen still, but that doesn't excite me. That's the problem. Like, yeah. okay, he's a body, and, but he doesn't excite me. I I would not be surprised if they added a left tackle here that we know, like that a veteran type of guy. Um, if nothing else, they, I, I would hope that, that they're still in talks with Baltimore about a potential trade for Orlando Brown jr. There. I'm pretty confident they're going to get a left tackle that we don't deem to be a train wreck. It's the guard. I don't like if, if, if it's going to be Forrest lamp and, and he's going to compete with, Mason Storm at left guard. And I mean, God, you know, Mason Storm is very good. He's a very vindictive man. For those uh, of you who don't get why we're calling him Mason Storm, uh, just Google Steven Seagal movies early 1990s. Yeah, hard to, but hard to kill. Absolute classic. <laughs> Absolute classic. And then Google it and then watch it. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I think the left tackle might eat up some of that cap room. That's not my primary concern. It It is interesting, Phil, if you go back, though, and look at this, that – Reef, who had a decent year, was basically told, take a pay cut again for the second time in less than a year or you're gone. And he's like, okay, bye-bye. It's just, I guess that part makes it to me so abundantly clear that what you're saying about Zim is a thousand percent correct. Like, he's like, no, he's gone because we're going to get defense. No, he's gone. Um, and And here's the thing, too. I'll throw this out. And I wouldn't be... Surprised, without crawling inside Zim's head, I think his priority next is how do I fill the bookend defensive end on the right side so that Daniil Hunter has, you know, an an Everson Griffin type of guy. So I can't even tell you this morning as we record this that Mike's priority now is, okay, I got a lot of defense, right? Like, let's take care of the left side. Rick, let's address the left side of that line. I don't know that. My guess is he's up right now saying, okay, 
available defensive ends. So I, I so I'm not even sure the priority has shifted. I don't even know he knows the left side of the line is empty. You know what this reminds me of? So I have a lot of family in sort of the the outer area of La Crosse, Wisconsin, and. One of my family's since I was a kid, one of my family's favorites, if we're all going to gather like once a year, you know, Thanksgiving or whatever to get dinner is a little little hole in the wall place in I think downtown Bangor called the Village Inn. And it's just great. They have it's just an old school. It's a bar. And then there's like a little diner area and they've got the buffet, like the salad bar buffet. Nice. And I've got some uncles who can definitely they're definitely bigger dudes. And they got a family, family of bigger dudes, and it kind of reminds me of like when I'm in the back of the line and I'm last to the salad bar, and everything's picked over. Like there's a little bit of potato salad left, and there's like like you're scraping the bottom of the soup thing. That's it's like, spilled out of the like, container. It's like following Mike Zimmer into free agency. It's like all right, don't forget about the just leave, leave a little for the offense, <laughs> leave a little for the left guard. And he's like, no, give me all the all of the things, coleslaw. The good stuff's ah. all gone. <laughs> The good stuff's gone. Oh man! <laughs> but there's but there are uh, there's a whole thing of tomatoes left. I don't want the tomatoes. But the, 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 but the tomatoes cheese. can play left guard. The cottage cheese has chives. What do you what are you complaining about? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us on this emergency episode, oh. Mackenzie Alexander. He's a he's a really good slot cornerback. I shouldn't say really really good. He's a good player. He's a reliable player. He knows the system too. He knows the system, and so I think. I think that you know maybe there's a creative way to to use one of your four cornerbacks uh, in place of the safety question mark. That's up to Mike Zimmer to be creative. So, yep. but um, yeah, that's the breaking news today, and uh, I got to get going here because I have my annual fantasy baseball auction. Have you studied for this? I have. So I my study habits have actually morphed into. There's a couple great websites where you can just like import your whole league into like their system, oh, and okay. then they basically tell you what you should do. So I've nice. gone from like having for 15 years I had like spreadsheets and I would do my oh, own yeah. like projections and stuff and now it's like oh I can just go on Fantasy Pros and they'll just do it for me. All right, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do those things, man. I quit. Too much work. Yeah, I'm I've, I've, I'm a three time champion in this league. It's very competitive, but I feel like the last couple of years I feel like the old dog who like doesn't know the minor league system well enough to keep my pipeline. Oh, that that's a good point. Take lots of pirates, high draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> That's Michael that's the, the best way to win the fantasy league in 2030. Just take lots of pirates. <laughs> exactly. Always planning for the future. That's me. <laughs> All, All right, right. So for Judd, for Phil, uh, we're hanging out here in the TCL studios, which are really just our home studios. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. And we'll see you guys next time on Purple.